Hey folks, it's Yannick Guzdala. It's the Yannick Guzdala podcast coming in a little bit late here. Been a bit of a disastrous weekend down here in my studio. Let me catch you up very quickly uh, just to let you know that the laundry room flooded. It's directly above where you see me, where you see the computer and the, you know, in the normal shot when I'm putting videos up on the main channel where you see all the stuff in the background, the candles lately. <laughs> that is directly underneath the laundry room. The laundry room flooded and that flooded into the into the garage and then that flooded down into my studio. So a waterfall, as you can see, uh, well, you'll see when the camera swings back around these shelves towards the end of the room, normally full of pedals. All those pedals are all sitting on my couch right now and all over the floor drying out. They got cascaded, not all of them, but a, a, a large portion of them. I was literally, I have this uh, uh, Axe Ultra Metal MUM7. I don't know if you can see that there. Uh, I was literally pouring water out of the quarter inch input of that uh, like it was a, a teapot. So my my confidence level as to, I mean, I hadn't plugged that in. <laughs> Let's be honest, I hadn't plugged that in a very long time anyway. But my confidence level that that will ever work again. There's something rattling around in there. That wasn't caused by the water, but my general confidence level that that will ever work again is is pretty low right now, uh, which is sad. It's kind of a funky old little pedal. Um, and I had a brand new Mac Mini that was covered in water, and that amazingly fired up. It's the only reason you're seeing this video on YouTube right now or listening to the podcast that I have a, a computer that still works. This iMac that's sitting in front of me had just sort of been retired to the coffee table to just literally like wipe it and, and you know, run out its uh, its twilight years just, you know, playing stuff from YouTube when I'm, when I'm taping the podcast here. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's been a little bit of a hectic, stressful few days. And I'm sure there are going to be casualties. I'm trying to leave all the pedals that got wet. I'm trying to leave them as long as possible before I plug them in and check them out. Um, and we'll see. I'm guess, I guess I'll be reporting in next week as to what, what still works and what doesn't. Speaking of pedals, lots of things going on in the pedal world. Number one, thank you for all the fit. I'm looking for it now. Was that a casualty? At least, at least that one should work after water damage. After last week's episode... Or whatever the, the best and the worst, the fails of twenty twenty three. I had the Jim Dunlop, the the little mini volume pedal slash expression pedal as a fail because it was a squeaking and b had lost its sort of lost all the play in the in the action on it. And I had a bunch of people comment on the video, send emails to the website that landed in my inbox, uh, saying, "Hey, you know what? There's a hex bolt. I should have looked as well. I'm I'm an idiot. Fully, uh, I put my hand up and say I'm an idiot about that one. Um, I should have known better, but." I really appreciate all the feedback. There's a little hex bolt in there that you can tighten up, a little bit of WD-40, and I now have two perfectly working um, Jim Dunlop mini expression slash volume pedals, which will be back on the touring board. So thank you for all the feedback on that. Uh, there were a few things, actually. I mean, I really, really wanted this episode to be the absolute uh, ultimate guide to flying for musicians and how I do it because I talked about the the flight case thing and I'm not talking about flight cases actually I'm talking about the actual way I do it and how I uh how I sort of fly up the pointy end of the plane all the time but pay coach prices for that and how it just makes life a little bit easier in terms of my my career so I really wanted I, I am going to do a massively deep dive into that and share 
all of the things, all of the sort of utilities I use to make that, just to make it easier to move around the world or wherever you are, like domestically. And I, I got some feedback specifically from Alan Markle, great comments and feedback about, and this is from someone who tours a lot. Wow. My monitor. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> As things are conspiring against me this week. I don't know what's going on. It must be karma for something. I'm not sure. Uh, but the <laughs> the HD recorder on the camera just decided it was uh it didn't want to work anymore so there we go that was almost going to be a full start but i was able to recover the file quickly that's one good feature of the atmos ninja assassin this thing is old though i, I gotta get a new one of these uh but one good feature of it, of it is that i can recover files quickly so after that uh unexpected interruption i didn't want to retake the whole front end of the podcast again I had just started talking about the feedback I got on the last episode where I was talking about traveling specifically from at Alan Markle on, uh, on, on YouTube in the comments. And as much as I wanted this episode to be all about that and sort of the next steps, the next level, you know, trying to accommodate where everyone listening might be coming from and how, how much or how little you fly and where you fly and, and just how you travel in general and thinking about that to help people understand how they might go about those things a little bit more efficiently and in, in turn make your life easier. I really need to do some research on that. And this weekend, this weekend's events in the plumbing department just completely obliterated any chance of this episode of the podcast being that. But I do want to get into it a little bit. Maybe this is a preface to that. And really specifically, it's actually given me a chance to ask you, like, I don't, I don't have to guess now. I can actually ask everyone who's listening, like, if you travel, if you're a touring musician, if you're a working musician, how do you travel? Where do you travel? Where are you based? Are you primarily flying? Are you driving? Are you on trains? Like, how do you move around? I'd love to get as much feedback as possible before I make this either the episode of the podcast or a dedicated video on the main channel about it. And then I could really dial in all the different ways and really like it could be by boat. It really, I've done pretty much every form of transport as a touring musician uh, over the past 25 plus years. So I'm always eager to talk about that and to learn from other people, see what see what I can learn from other people and definitely share what it is I do. And Alan brought up a point that like everyone's really different and uh, he's actually one of the, you know, he said he flies around an average of 120 flights a year, which is definitely on the high end. Um in terms of number of flights, like I know for a fact that in 2023, I did 54 flights, for instance. Now, I have a young daughter. I'm basically turning down 85% of the touring work I get offered. So I'm not 27 anymore. I'm not 32. I'm not like just on the road nine months of the year. Back then, I would absolutely have done 120 plus somewhere that's quite that's a pretty good number see somewhere between 120 and 150 flights on average somewhere between 140 and 200,000 miles a year it like at the peak and that was like for maybe 10 or 12 years non-stop I did that 
then kind of backed off a little bit. But I've always, you know, with my status with United, until it became a money and number of flights you fly every year to qualify thing, it was based purely on miles, purely on the miles you did over the ground. So yeah, I definitely, I want to get into explaining all of that in greater detail, but just anecdotally, that used to, you know, especially when I lived both in New York and Los Angeles, which I did for a few years, uh, just between going back and forth between those cities, you know, America is fucking huge. It's, t- I think, I want to say it's 2,445 miles. Though That was the amount of miles I was credited every time I took that flight from LAX to JFK back when United had the PS service, a three-cabin sort of intercontinental uh, service, but domestically, that was quite rare back then. We're talking about 15 years ago or so. Um, for a few years, they had it between San Francisco and JFK and LAX and JFK. And uh, it was great. You could buy a ticket for $142 one way. And if you had status, you could get a free upgrade almost 100, at least I did almost 100% of the time. So yeah, flying business at least once a month. So that's almost 5,000 miles every month. And um yeah, crazy. Just on just on that one flight a month, I'd be 60,000 miles a year into my 100,000 mile target to make the status, to get all the benefits and to enjoy sort of the luxury of being able to fly on what would have cost me a, tickets that would have cost me a fortune that I could never have afforded and employers would never have paid for uh, to be able to do that all for the price of a coach ticket. Now that's some time ago. It was way easier. Most of the airlines worked the same way back then. And, uh, you know, it's all changed and it's changed in a lot of cases I hear, especially with Delta recently for the worse. And, um, yeah, I'm with United for what it's worth and have been for over 20 years, over 2 million miles. And the Star Alliance network, specifically the United Airlines mileage plus, um, uh, what is it? Loyalty program has been voted many times, I believe, as being one of the best, um, definitely in the US, maybe even the world. Um, so that was one of the reasons I got with them in the first place. And yeah, they're a good and bad. I think some of the things I want to talk about is, you know, because there's going to be feedback about, well, okay, I'm not even going to go into what the feedback is going to be, but I'll give you a, a, an idea of where I'm coming from in terms of like, I think every airline sucks if you don't have any status with them, whether that's like a Spirit or Horizon or Ryanair or EasyJet or Breeze or... German, whoever it is, your 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 low cost flyer, Virgin Australia, are they still around? I don't know. Um, they all kind of suck without status. And as soon as you get status with them and you fly often um, with the same airline, y- you don't get treated well. I don't. I don't think. Or I don't think you get treated with any. You, they're not treating you especially like it's not bougie or fancy. I think you just get treated like a human when you finally get to, you know, flying business or first class and, and have that status with the airline. So you, you kind of do all this work and play the game just to sort of be treated as a human being when you fly. So it's not like you're getting the Royal treatment by any means. And I know there are airlines that really go above and beyond. Um, and, you know, a lot of the airlines, I think, from like, you know, Emirates and Etihad and Qatar and um, a lot of those airlines, I don't get to fly very often because I'm not in those places. I don't hub out of Dubai or, uh, or, or those places in the Middle East. I do get to fly Singapore Airlines quite a lot who are exceptional and they're in the Star Alliance network. But although I've been to Singapore a bunch of times over the years, it's been a while and um, 
haven't flown to Singapore in a minute. So, yeah, all kind of anecdotal. And this uh, this cat, Alan Markle, was saying, um, let's see, I've actually got the comments up here because uh, I was talking about the, the traveling thing with the base and really trying to encourage people not to be so precious with their instrument. And, you know, do you really need a $15,000 Fader or Ampeg? Uh, Ampeg, Jesus. Um, what am I trying to say? Alembic. That's what I was thinking of, expensive bass. Do you really need a Alembic or a Wall or a Fader, one of these super high-end basses to travel with, to be on the road? I don't know. Maybe you do. But also, don't be so precious about it because it's just a bunch of strings and a piece of wood at the end of the day. Um, and my point in the last episode was like, yeah, if the worst comes to the worst and I've checked my bass and it gets delayed, I will go and, and just find one. It could be a P bass with, with, with old strings on it and I'll do the gig and it will be awesome. And I think that was Alan's question was like, hey, would you, you know, I'm c-, the, the perception is that I am kind of picky with my instrument. I play this very specific single cut, high C blah, 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 has all these really specific, uh, you know, elements to it. But at the end of the day, I've got to that point in my career and, you know, in my playing that I actually just don't give a fuck, you know, and it has happened before. Um, But it's very rare. That's the thing. It's, you know, out of those 54 flights I took last year, did, did the bass get? I think last year I was good. Whole of 2023, I don't think the bass got delayed a single time. Yeah. And the times it has, I've, maybe I'm just, maybe I've just been lucky and maybe I'm heading towards 2020. I'm in 2024. I've got a lot of flying this year. Maybe I'm going to get really unlucky a lot of the time. Who knows? You can never tell. Um, but I think the only times in, in past year, like I'm, th- I'm think, trying to think back four or five years, obviously the pandemic wasn't a lot of flying, but 2018, 2019, it did get lost, but it got lost, not lost. It got delayed, it got delayed on the way home. So I don't really care, actually. It's actually one less thing to pick up at the baggage carousel. And United Airlines will deliver that shit when it comes in on the next flight. So with the addition of the Apple AirTag uh, situation, so I can literally go on my phone and see, you know, see where, see where the thing is if it's delayed. Um, it's, it's Yeah, it's taken a lot of stress out of the whole thing. Uh, you know, people have been giving me feedback. Oh, it's more stressful to worry about the base getting delayed than it is to struggle to get it into the cabin. Okay. Um, I guess we all have to assess our the, the levels of risk we're willing to take and the levels of stress we're willing to abide by. Another uh, thing Alan was saying was like, hey, uh, uh, apparently I'm 10 years younger, I think, than him. And he was saying like, hey, man, you're in better shape than me. Like, why aren't you carrying the base through the airport? Like, you can do it. Yeah, of course I can do it. I could carry a backpack with 80 pounds of rocks in it through the airport if I wanted, but I don't fucking want to. And one of the things actually, oh, I can grab it now because one of the things I missed off the the win and fail list episode were my carry-on uh, situation. So give me one second and I will get said carry-ons, give you an idea of what I am carrying. Okay, got two. Oh, and a two little. Two little accessories to go with them. So, comparing the instrument, you know, like I, I immediately think when, when I when I heard that comment from Alan, I was like, 
I mean, he totally has a point. Um, it's not like I can't carry the base, but my immediate reaction was like, oh, yeah, I just thought like Atlanta, Denver, uh, any of these massive airports that have um, the AirTran, you know, the, the dreaded inter – well, not dreaded, actually. It's really useful to get from terminal to terminal, at least walking or taking a bus, but they have like the, the shuttle train. Newark has it in New Jersey, or like a lot of airports have them. And they're small and they're cramped and they're a pain in the ass. And you're going up escalators and, and stairs and, and elevators and in these cramped situations. The last thing I want is the base. I, I don't want that big unwieldy piece of crap on my back because not only do, will I have the base, but then I'll also have a carry-on as well. Like it, I'm not – it gets a little ridiculous when you try and cram all your, your laptop and your chargers and your this and your that everything in the, in the base case then it becomes really really silly and it also makes the case really thick and when you get in a ERJ175 or something which I you know don't get me, don't, don't don't get me wrong I carried that 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 bastard on for a lot of years so I know every plane in the United and Star Alliance fleet at least and I know what fits and what doesn't and with my Levy's leather bag that um Oh, oh man, I don't have it with me, but I'll show you that at some point. <laughs> it's beat to shit. It had 15 years of travel on it. I knew that fit in an ERJ-175, which was one of the smallest planes in the entire United fleet. And, you know, almost no uh, carry-on bags of any passenger would fit in there, but the base would, amazingly. And uh, But you, you pack it full of stuff and suddenly it doesn't. So it's always the base and, and the carry-on, which is kind of a pain in the ass. Let me show you the carry-ons. Real quick, um, I have this thing from TomTok, which is basically just a little laptop bag. Like if you're watching on YouTube, look how thin that is. The laptop goes in the back. There's room for, I take a couple of hard drives, some headphones, chargers, like really simple stuff, my passport. And one of the accessories I want to show you is the little passport uh, wallet thing. This also has an Apple AirTag in it. So it's a really important documents, passports, the, the whole bit. Um, they're, they're all in here and that just fits right in the top of this little shoulder bag and it's one shoulder it's not two so that can lead to like a little strain so i just make sure if everyone walking through an airport to switch sides once in a while so that's one option that has been really good when i really don't need to don't need to take too much stuff with me on the plane and then i've had this oakley backpack for so long I, I think i got this in the back end of 2016 and here we are just coming into 2024 and it is in i mean it, it's beat up and it's discolored and it's got some dings in it here and there but in terms of being in working order and they are not but i wish they were a sponsor of this podcast because i love this oakley stuff like you can see the name is like wearing off but as a backpack it has been incredible it has the dedicated laptop uh, compartment in the back, laptop and power supply in there, uh, nice padded like back pads here. It's an amazing piece of equipment. Really good uh, top top pocket there, sunglasses or masks or your phone charger or whatever. So that's when I'm when I'm really moving and you know I know that maybe I need to. Have, I, I know I have a layover somewhere, so and I'm going to get access to the lounge so I can have a shower. So I'll take one or two changes of clothes. The older I get, the more often I take a full set of clothes as a, as a carry-on, just in case. 
you know, just in case the bass get delayed. It, it's it's more of a pain in the ass if the clothes get delayed than the bass, I got to say, when I'm arriving somewhere, because I just want a shower and, and a fresh set of clothes. So I do tend to take the backpack a little more often now. Um, and then one last little accessory. This is, this is brand new. I've been carrying a, a version of this for some time, but this one's brand new. This is because I dig watches. This is a little watch case if i want a couple of options with me on the road and nice little leather leather and it, it's tough as well it's like a hard shell with a leather wrap in it and that just drops straight in either of these carry-ons um so where was i before i got waylaid with the carry-on thing oh i mean just the carrying on the base thing like not the not that anyone giving feedback is wrong not that i'm not saying alan Markle is wrong here at all he has his thing and everyone has their thing um, I just definitely wanted to clarify for people who maybe you had the same questions after that episode last week, um, uh, you know, about, you know, and it's really important to, to know that everyone's in a different situation as well. Like my, <clears throat> my requirements are so different from a lot of other people that this really works for me and might not work for someone else. That's why I'm kind of excited to make the video, which has lots of options, not just, Hey, this is what I do. So you should do it, but a ton of options that say, hey, if you're doing this, then maybe you want to try this approach to it. And I got to say, you know, Alan also brought up some good points. Like when I talk about doing all your miles with the same airline, I think that's massively important. Having, if, again, it's, it's important if traveling in business class means something to you, if you want to take the edge off what it is to tour as a professional musician, um, then having the status is important. That will help your that will enhance your experience uh immeasurably <clears throat> so doing all your miles with the same airline which is what i brought up and then he's like well you know that's not always possible his band you know they they get what they get you know so there's a management company and the management buy the tickets and of course the management company are going for the cheapest tickets possible and if you're here in the u.s that's going to be southwest and spirit and horizon and these dumb airlines that don't do anything for you they might get you there and back on time might um their on time records are pretty shoddy when it gets to the ultra low cost carriers here and you want to talk about poor baggage handling, then you get into some real shit with, I've heard two way too, way more stories about those level, that level of airline doing a poor job than I have of the, like the big three, like United American Delta. So again, anecdotal, this is just what I'm hearing and what I've experienced, but that tends to be, tends to be what happens. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll detail, I'll go into great detail about how to do it. And, um, you know, how it's changed as well. It's a bummer that it's changed, i got to tell you. Um, let's talk about how it's changed in just one second because I'm sitting here with this mountain of pedals that are drying out. <laughs> actually, these are the ones that I rescued on the couch, actually, the ones that are drying out on the floor. And before I forget, I'm really trying to bring back ep more episodes of the Pedal Studio. I don't want to forget to mention this. And I've already had a bunch of people actually reach out from different companies, some I knew, some I didn't. And just within the last week, uh, there are lots of options coming in. Now I have uh, out of nowhere after doing this video on the on the blooms. If you didn't see this uh, this video on the blooms, I kind of love this pedal. I, I, I was like, you know, oh man, do we really need another overdrive pedal? And then I plugged it in and it sounded really fucking musical. It's the Earthquake Devices Blooms. So I did this video. They they kind of reached out and said, hey, we love your channel. Can we send you the pedal? Absolutely. Did the video. Did really well. And, uh, and they dug 
the video. And um, I, you know, I, I'm going to meet meet with them at the NAMM show. I'm like going back on. Well, I said I would never go to the NAMM show ever again. I'm going back on that. I'm going to go for one day, <clears throat> meet a bunch of people. One of them being one of the cats from Earthquake Devices. And as we were emailing, uh, they asked me if I wanted to check anything else out. And I just thought, or if I liked anything else, I don't know, something. It wasn't like, hey, do you want us to send us send you some more pedals? It was just like, hey, what are you into? And I threw out like, a name of a few pedals and I got an email back 10 minutes later saying, they're on the way. It's like, holy shit. Well, that's amazing. So I'm going to have three pedals, three more pedals from Earthquake Devices to share with you. I've had this Fabricat from Plardask Electric for so long as uh, as have I had the the backlings, um, two pedals that are super weird that I love to bits. Uh, and I've never done a video on them, so I want to do that. And just, I want your feedback. Let me know. I'm mean, talking about small builders, one-person operations, you know, five people, 20 people, corporations, whatever it is. Let me know what you want to hear. I've had some really good feedback about the Pedal Studio series, about it being, um, I don't know, maybe it's honest and just like, hey, we're doing it from a musical standpoint, Um which I'm that's obviously obviously that's what I'm doing uh, everything on the channel is from a musical standpoint so I'm glad to be able to do that with gear gear kind of tends to get a bit you know hey I'm going to read the <clears throat> read the instruction manual manual to you and play like three terrible licks on the bass and that's the video so I that, I know gear videos get like that sometimes and people are just really keen to like, well, it does this and does that. And it's like just reading the instruction manual. I've never been a fan of that. So I've had some positive feedback that people dig the videos. I want to do more of them. They're super fun to make. And of course, I'm a total gearhead. So the more things I get to try, the better. Like it's a win, I think, for everyone. You guys get to have an honest um, <clears throat> an honest sort of breakdown of what's going on, a demo of the pedal and... I get to try a bunch of things and make, as I, as I always say, make cool sounds with cool things. So whatever is on your mind, put it in the comments below. Nothing is off limits. Um, let me know about people that I don't know about. And then if there's a big one, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a massive company right now. I don't know. Um, I don't know, Boss, for instance. I'm sitting right here with an OC2. If there's something from a big company, let me know. Uh, and I'll try and reach out to them and, uh, and make that happen. So leave that in the comments below. That would be really interesting to see where people's heads are at and what you what you are interested in and what you want to hear. And yeah, it can be <laughs> it can be overdrives and fuzzes and distortions. There are fifty thousand of them, but I haven't played them all. And um, holding the what is this one? The pickle pie hella fuzz by Ren and Cuff. That's a pretty awesome one. That's like a soft tech big muff copy uh, the snare trap ranger effects sent me this um i didn't really do a dedicated pedal studio video on it and it's another one of those pedals where i think i'm using like about two percent of the potential of it so that's the other thing like doing a actual dedicated video when it gets me to go deeper into the pedal musically than i have before and the snare trap i used on one way out a ton and use live when i'm looping and it's, it's a fantastic pedal i should really talk more about that so Tons of things sitting here behind me on the floor drying out that I really hope they're going to work again. Um, now I've forgotten about... Oh, yeah, we were talking about flying. And about... Yeah, just 
it's, it, obviously, again, it's going to be great to get your feedback about that because I want to know what other people are doing. And it, it's amazing how it's when when I was talking, replying, and going back and forth with uh, with Alan here on the, on, the, on the YouTube comments from the last episode. It was interesting to think about, oh, shit, yeah, my thing has changed so much. Like the things I would recommend people doing right now are not what I'm currently doing. Obviously, I'm way down the road, but also the the landscape of it all has changed massively. Um, and like I said, you used to just be able to do miles traveled to gain your status. And now it's it's all about a minimum spend and a minimum number of flights or with United, they're all a little bit different. With United, it's, it's kind of two paths. It's a minimum spend, a dollar amount, and a minimum number of flights. Or it's a higher minimum dollar spend with, I think, a, a minimum of four. So you've only got to fly four flights. I think that's the thing that gets you over the edge. But basically, you don't have to do 54 flights, which is what I had to do in 2023. So basically, to reach 1K status with United, it's a minimum spend of $18,000. I know people are going to fall off their chair and gasp and be like, are you out of your mind? We'll break that down in a second, uh, just quickly. I'll do it in way more depth in the dedicated video. And it's a minimum of 54 flights. So a couple of ways I make that uh, less painful is that, number one, I'm in the fortunate position that I do travel. I don't have to just go out there and waste money on flights just for the sake of taking them in order to meet the status. Throughout the course of the year, um, the various people that I work with are going to fly me enough that I hit that minimum of $18,000 and it doesn't come out of my own pocket. Now, what I do with all of those people is say, hey, there's no way I'm letting you buy a flight for me. And this is a big deal breaker when, I, when I'm talking about, uh, uh, when talking to someone about getting hired for a gig. And not so much now, but when I started to do this and just like put my foot down and said, I'm not letting anyone buy, uh, get my travel anymore, I think it definitely lost me some work in the short term. But in the long term, it protected my, yeah, it protected my, uh, my boundaries and what I was willing, uh, you know, how I was willing to travel and what I was willing to leave home to go and do um, and in what sort of level of comfort I was going to do that. So, yeah, that's, now what it is, is I just say, yeah, I'm going to book the flight and you tell me what your budget was or we work out a budget and we're going to say, all right, well, we're going here and they, were, they weren't going to buy a business class ticket because the business class ticket was like $6,000, but then I'm not going to fly coach because that's one of my deal breakers. Like that's a total hard, not going to do it type of thing. Uh, I'll say no to the gig if they're not flying me at least. Uh, it's called, what is it called? Um, it's called Premium Plus now in United. So it goes uh, Economy, uh, Economy Plus, Premium Plus, and Business. So I'll always make sure that it's a minimum of Premium Plus, simply because I know I can get in the business cabin for free uh, based on my status. <clears throat> but of course, Premium Plus is not economy. It's definitely more expensive. So you have to sort of negotiate, like, what's the budget? And then the responsibility is on me. It's also a little more work. People are going to push back, I'm sure, and say, well, I don't really want to take on the role of travel agent as well. Well, okay, that's fine. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be in control. Oh, there goes a, a low-pass filter. The WMD Super Fat Man. There's another awesome pedal. I've never done a video on. I've had that for years. Got to do that. That company's awesome, by the way. Super Fat Man. WMD. I got to talk to those guys. They gave... No, 
they they gave me this, I think. I think Juan Alderete hooked it up and they gave me this back in the day. But they have that Geiger counter bit crusher thing that I'd love to try and the the newer versions of it. I'll see if they're at NAM, I'll talk to them. Anyway, um yeah, I know people are gonna say, Hey, I don't wanna take on the role of 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 travel agent as well as musician and and then and then and, 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 and so I get it. But once you figure it out and It'll be. I, I'm really, really looking forward to doing this sort of in-depth video because I'll be able to like break down all the little ways that I've learned to understand. You know, when to book the flight, like what days of the week, for instance. At least here in the U.S., I guess that's a little caveat there. It's going to be a lot of information about flying in the U.S. <clears throat> Although within the Star Alliance network, uh, well, SAS is leaving unfortunately to go to Air France, but you still have Lufthansa and um, Brussels Air. Lufthansa, Brussels Air, Swiss Air, like a bunch of great airlines in Europe. So, and I have a lot of experience booking with them as well. So, it's not just going to be US stuff, but there are a lot of ways that you learn that, and, and it doesn't, you know, once you get the chops, it's, it's like maybe Giant Steps is a drag of a tune to play in the beginning. There's a lot of information and there's a lot of changes, but you practice enough and it gets easier and you don't think about it anymore. And it's just exactly the same sort of. Um, so it's another skill. It's another skill set that you gotta. You don't have to, but it's a really useful one to learn. So, like, when to book the flight, what days of the week, when airlines typically dip their their prices, and which routes to take, knowing that it's going to be less busy on certain days, so you're way more guaranteed of the upgrade. And let's say I'm I'm not. It's never a hundred percent. There have been a, there were a couple of flights in 2023 which were a drag because I didn't get the upgrade and I, you know, I had the option to pay for it at the last minute. They always, they often do that as well. They'll get in there and they'll be like, hey, there we have two seats left in business. And there are like 40 people waiting to upgrade to those two seats. They had two seats left in business for just $1,299. You can fly in a more comfy cabin, blah, blah, blah. They'll always try and sell you hard at the last minute. Um, luckily with my status out of those 40 people that are waiting for those two seats, I'm normally in the top two, but it's happened that there have literally been two seats left and I've been number three. And, um, it happened out of 54 flights in 2023. It happened twice, I think. So that's not bad odds considering I'm not paying like business class, uh, prices for, for any of those, those flights. So you can hear, I'm quite passionate about it. I'm excited about it. It's, it's, it's a little, what do they say in 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 finance or, or or in being sensible with your money? They say like, just be sensible with your money and do all the right shit and like have one or two things that are like your. It's not really a splurge because it's so much about like I rarely rarely ever travel for pleasure, so it's so much about work. It's just two couple of things that make your life more comfortable, and one of one of mine for work after all these years is definitely flying up the pointy end. And I don't want to make it sound like, uh, you know, some rich white kid privileged bullshit thing Um, because it's not. It's just a part of the it's part of the infrastructure that I've learned to uh, learn to work and and game the system as much as I can in my favor. And I've really I'm looking forward to sharing that with everyone. So, yeah, massive amounts of feedback so I can kind of make this video for you rather than. (laughs) <laughs> kind of just relaying my my shit only um and yeah what else there are there's so many things that's the thing i just can't do it off i can't do every element of it of it off the top of the dome in a 30 minute podcast i actually have to go and make notes and bullet points and go through in order 
<clears throat> and yeah, I, I think some of the payoffs, I mean, we're getting a payoff for this um, coming up in, in just 10 days. We're going to take a little family trip. <laughs> Having said, I never travel for pleasure. We are taking a, a very short family trip, the three of us, me, Chelsea, and Lily. And one of the things when you have top tier status is you can nominate, or I think with United, it's once you've done a million miles with them, you can nominate your significant other to have the same status as you. So not only do I have 1K, but Chelsea has 1K as well. And independently of whether I'm traveling with her or not, which is awesome. So it, it, her being a musician, not that she tours or anything, but if she has to go somewhere with the kiddo on her own, for instance, that's huge. You know, if if she does have a gig out of town, which she has done from time to time, you know, she has the same, you know, the baggage allowance alone is bananas. We get three bags at 70 pounds on every flight. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's nuts compared to going on Southwest or Spirit or one of these, you know, Rinky Dink Airlines. Um, yeah, so there are there are small bonuses like that which which do which do really help. And um, we are not flying the three of us business class <laughs> full fare. Uh, we're going to take a nice row in uh, in Economy Plus. We also get free Economy Plus on every flight as well, which is great. So it, again, takes the edge off, especially when you're traveling with a kid. We've done it a couple of times now. I'm sure we're going to be doing it way more often moving forward. So, yeah, I'm going into a whole new phase of it and a whole new appreciation for having done all that work and gaming the system for all those years. It's paying off not only for my work thing, but for the family as well. And I'm starting Lily on that. Like she has her own account and she's going to have, you know, by the time she turns 18 and is, you know, potentially going to college or, or whatever that might be, if she wanted to take a year out and travel the world, by the time she's 18, she'll have, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at like at least a million miles in her account, the amount we're going to travel together in the next 16 years. And just, uh, yeah, really help her out. It's like all those things like credit I didn't understand in this country, like building a credit score and having a long history of accounts and like gaming that whole system. We, we'll be able to do that for her. So she'll be like really set up by the time she's in her late teens to have good credit, which is important in the US. I guess it's kind of important everywhere, right? Um, and have that, you know, that kind of luxury and and ability to move around the world and to see some things when she's young and maybe make some informed decisions about the rest of her life and, and some really educated decisions. So I'm I'm very excited to be able to do that for her and, is it crazy getting into that part of my life now in middle age and being a dad and just seeing all these other layers to it. And, um, yeah, it's all, I'm going to get all teary eyed and emotional, uh, cause it's just, it's a whole different experience. <clears throat> and maybe that is a fantastic place to leave it this week. It's been a fucking stressful one. I am really hoping that the majority of these pedals fire back up when, uh, they're fully dried out. I'm hoping the analog wins here. That's the, that's my big hope. And then these shelves can be filled with pedals again. And uh, hopefully, our our freaking the plumbers have been here for two days straight, replumbing the whole the whole situation. So I hope that means everything is safe down here. I might put little gutters above <laughs> above the shelves just in case, and a little runoff into a plant pot or something at the end. I don't know. I got to do something. I can't risk. Uh, 
it's one thing having renters insurance and knowing, oh, I could, you know, I can re- financially, I can replace some of this stuff, but that's the new stuff that you can actually replace. You guys all know like how often, like how often is, is Pladesk making Fabricats, for instance? I can't go to Guitar Center and buy that shit. And um, I don't think insurance companies are giving me like used prices on Chase Bliss pedals on Reverb. <laughs> it's like eight times what what you pay for them new. So yeah, happy to put this weekend in the rearview mirror. Happy to talk to talk to all of you again. And uh, that's it. Pedal suggestions, really important because I want to make a shitload more videos on the main channel with gear and suggestions. And let, just let me know your story about the way you play music and where you do it and how you travel to and from gigs. Are you in a band? Are you a freelance musician? Do you have a manager? What what what's your what's your scene? You know, <clears throat> I want to know the whole story, and it's going to tell me so much as well as I put this picture together about giving, trying to give some some real real world advice about how to move around the world as a musician, and of course specifically <clears throat> as a bass player. All right, that's it. The voice is given in, and I'm out of here. See you on the next one. <laughs>